All right, let's dive into the Word of God together. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. Father, thank you so much that you have given us your Word, and we just pray that you will write this Word upon our hearts so we won't sin against you. Help us, Lord, to Lord, hear with the type of ears you will want us to hear that we might want to obey what we're going to be instructed to do. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. The title of this message is The Danger of Drifting. The Danger of Drifting. Now, we've all heard this phrase before. When someone said, you're drifting, we were either drifting asleep during a movie or a conversation, or when we were distracted while driving, we drifted into the other lane. However, we can even drift in our marriages when we have allowed other things or people to take our attention away. But what do we do when... We have drifted away from the Lord. When we have allowed other things or people to rob us of our attention or affection for the Lord. This is what this message is all about. Now, by way of background, you know, because you're well taught here, the book of Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians who left Judaism and came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. However, they were being severely persecuted for their faith, and they were contemplating on going back to Judaism. So the author of Hebrews, and I believe it's Paul, and I didn't mention his first service, but this is why I believe Paul wrote a three-volume set based upon this very truth, the just shall live by faith. The just, the book of Romans covers that shall live, the book of Galatians covered that. By faith, the book of Hebrews covers that. This is why I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. So the author, Paul, was showing them that Jesus Christ is superior to anything and everything that they can go back in Judaism. So in chapter 1, the author is telling them that Jesus Christ is superior to the angels, that the Jews looked up to. And now we're going to continue in chapter 2 with the same subject. However, I just want to mention, I just want to mention that Jesus Christ is superior over anything you can go back to and that this world has to offer. I just have to share that because there are some of you contemplating on going back going back to the old watering holes, going back to the old friend, going back to the old boyfriend, girlfriend, contemplating on going back. And I'm here to say Jesus is superior over anything that you can ever go back to. And this is is just for somebody. I believe God is speaking to some of you. You're thinking about going back like the woman at the well. Jesus said, you drink of this water, you're going to thirst again. You try to go back out there to find refreshment, and you're going to be left thirsty once again. 
Don't do it. I'm here to tell you, don't do it. You know who you are. You know who God is speaking to. Don't go back. You know that dude was a loser from the start. Big L on his forehead. Don't go back. Don't go back to the old watering holes trying to get together with the old, the old crew again. You're going to be thirsty again. And it was out of that thirst that you cried out for the living water of Jesus Christ. So don't go back. You know who you are. You know who the Lord is talking. He loves you. That's why he's sharing this with you right now. Because he loves you. Don't go back. You're going to be left thirsty. You're going to be left wanting. You're going to be left hungry. You're going to be left just in a state where you are not going to want to be. So I just had to share that that with you now. Let's dive in. Look what it says there in verse 1. It says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. I want to draw your attention to the word, therefore, that starts this verse. Uh, it, it, It can be translated for this reason. The question is, for what reason? For the things said in chapter 1 that Jesus Christ is superior over the angels because he created them. Hebrews 1 verse 2 says that God spoke to them through the prophets, is now speaking to the world through Jesus Christ, whom he has appointed heir over all things, through whom also he made the worlds or the universe. And therefore, or because of all this, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. I want to draw your attention to that phrase, earnest he. Uh, prosecho is the Greek word. It means to beware, to anchor a ship or a boat for you Navy folks out there. Then he said why this is important. He said, notice, lest we drift away. Oh, that word, drift, that's what I want to draw to your attention. Uh, 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 the Greek word, it, it's a word, it, it was a nautical term that describe a ship drifting past the safety of the harbor. So the writer, Paul, is warning us to to carefully anchor ourselves in the things, notice, we have heard, lest at any time we find ourselves drifting. Drifting carries the connotation of letting go or putting it in neutral, allowing the currents of this world to take you away either out to sea or into the rocks, crashing in your walk with Christ, crashing in your marriage, or crashing emotionally or spiritually. Oh, Paul used this terminology when he was talking to his young protege in the faith, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 1.19, when he said that some believers have rejected the truth and suffered, notice, shipwreck. And this can happen to any of us. Notice how the author said, lest we drift away. Oh, the plural pronoun used here, Paul was including himself. So this can happen to any of us. See, the time that you say, oh, this can never happen to me. Oh, boy. That's when it's about to happen to you. The old Peter was the same way. Jesus said, oh, you're going to... All of you are going to forsake me. Peter said, no, not I. Don't forget you named me Peter. It means rock. I'm solid as a rock. 
confident in his own flesh, in his own abilities, confident in your own ability to keep yourself. That's when you are about to fall. Let every man take heed how he stands lest he fall, 1 Corinthians 10, 12. I just read that this morning in my little morning devotions. And we need to be careful because even Paul said, lest we drift away. I have to ask you, are you drifting? I'm not talking about some Fast and Furious movie, Tokyo Drift. (laughs) Drifting, you know, for you Fast and Furious fans out there. Are you drifting? Have you drifted in your Christian walk? Have you drifted in your marriage? Here are four signs, four signs for you note takers. Here are four signs that you are drifting. Number one, no longer making progress as a Christian, as a husband, as a wife. 2 Peter 3.18 says, but growing the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know we need to grow in the grace. So often we think of grace only in terms of salvation. But we need to grow in the grace. Notice how uh, in Titus 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So grace is not only to save us, but grace is also to teach us to, to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So we should be growing in the grace of God. Not just look at it as something just to save us. It's something to grow in. Peter said, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Number two, this is the big one. This is dun, 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 dun. This is the big one. Old ways are reintroduced back into your life again. Old ways are reintroduced back in your life again. For example, drinking alcohol, abusing prescription drugs, or recreational drugs. Now, someone may protest and say, well, I don't see anything wrong with these things. I have liberty to do these things. Don't forget, Pastor Tony, 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, all things are lawful for me to do. Yes, but that verse goes on to say, but all things are not helpful, which means help you in your walk with Christ or help us to become Christ-like. Then it continues, all things are lawful for me to do, but I will not be brought under the power of any or anything. Oh, he continues in 1 Corinthians 10, 23. He says, all things are lawful, but all things do not edify or build me up in being more like Christ. So here it is. Here it is. Yes, you can do anything you want to do as a Christian. But you must ask yourself three questions based upon these two verses. Number one, whatever I want to do, will it help me become more like Jesus Christ? First Corinthians 1031 says, let everything that you do be done to the glory of God. Can you say, oh, boy, 
I'm just smoking this. It's to your glory, God. I just give you glory. As I drink this down, I'm giving you glory, you know. I'm pouring a little out for you, you know, because you gave me this liberty. I just give you the glory. You got to ask yourself these questions. Number two, whatever I want to do, will it bring me under its power? You got to ask yourself that. Or will alcohol, abusing prescription or recreational drugs or pornography, will it bring you under its power? You have to ask yourself that question. Does it have the potential to bring me under its power? Number three, whatever I want to do, Will it edify or build me up in my Christian walk? As you're watching pornography, are you saying I'm being built up in my walk? I'm becoming more like Christ as I'm watching. These are things you you have to ask. And if you will be honest with yourself, you would have to say, ah, no, no. Well, then... Why would you want to reintroduce those things back into your life? You got to ask yourself that. It was out of your desperation doing those things that you cried out to him to save you. So why why would we want to bring those things back into our life and bring us back into bondage? To bring us back under its power because... We were under its power, and we cried out to the Lord, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He freed us. But a sign that we are drifting, we're introducing those things back into our lives again. Here's a bonus one. I I was thinking about this this morning. Here's a bonus one. Number four. Whatever it is you want to do, will it stumble someone else? Well, Pastor Tony, you don't realize I drink in my home, in the privacy of my home. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Is it stumbling your children? Does little Johnny and little Sally have to push past the six-pack or the wine bottle to get to their juice bottle? And you better believe when you're not looking, they're going to take a sip. And I wonder how many adults in here are drinkers because of your parent who was a drinker and you used to take a little sip when they wasn't looking because that's the example you saw in the home. So are you stumbling them? Well, Pastor Tony, my children are grown and gone, just me and my wife. Are you stumbling your wife? Oh, it's quiet in here. That's okay. This is fun. It's like, it's like one of those multivitamins, those big ones that it's hard to get down the throat. You need a big old glass of water. That, that's how it is. That, uh, this is how, we came to church to hear from God. That's why we're here. You ain't at a church that's going to tickle your ears. He, this man is laboring almost 30 years giving you the word of God. So I'm coming. I'm just coming. I'm, I'm a vitamin. I'm coming as a supplement. You get the main course meal from that man. So I'm coming in to just give you a supplement, a a, a big multivitamin. And we're going to wash it down with the water of the word. That's what we're going to wash it down with. 
I, I just got to pause here. I see my good brother and fellow Marine, Leroy, back in the back in the overflow space. He just walked in. I'll simplify to you, bro. I see you. Amen. Amen. I just had to pause to do that. Marines recognize, game recognize game. So I just had to do that. So, so we have to understand these things. Number one, the first sign of drifting, no longer progressing as a Christian. Number two, old ways are reintroduced back into your life. Number three, this is the big one, a loss of desire and reverence for the word of God, a loss of appetite for the Bible, a loss of appetite for church and spiritual things, no longer heeding the word of God, like verse 1 says, no longer taking heed or anchoring yourself in the word like before. I've said this many times. You can just look at me physically and understand my wife is a tremendous cook. You, are, you can just see that. So, my wife can say, hey, guess what? When you come home, I'm going to have your favorite meal. I also made your favorite dessert, cheesecake. All right. And I'm good. And so, I say, okay, okay, great, great, great. Okay. I'm on my way. But as I'm stopping for the sake of this example, being in California, let's say I stopped the in and out on the way home. Got me a double-double animal style. I plowed it down, fries, something to drink, milkshake on top. And so when I get home, it doesn't matter what my wife cooked, I won't have an appetite for it. What? Because I pigged out on the junk food or in and out. Many of you don't have an appetite or have one like you had before. It's because you've been pigging out on the junk food of this world, the in and out of this world. And you wonder why you have no appetite for the things of God, the word of God, prayer. No longer you come in midweek. No longer... Are you coming to the men's study or the women's study? It's always something else to do. It's always, and then there's times by which, like folks back in Virginia, they, they put on social media, Sunday fun day. When it used to be Sunday church, that's what it used to be. But now it's Sunday fun day. And you wonder, you look at yourself, and you, you're like, what, what is what has happened to me? No, no fire for God. No fire for the things of God. No fire for the word of God. Prayer is not even practice. You get it down before your food is rubber dub dub, bless the grub, and that's about it. And no longer are you pressing into the things of God. You lost your appetite. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. He can't fill us with a hunger for righteousness because we're too full of the junk food of this world. And all we do, for those my age and older, all we do is this now. This is how we scroll with this finger. When you get our age and older, it's this finger. 
And that's all we do. You know, I, I, told, I told our church, I said, hey, I said, go ahead and just check. I said, when you check, you're going to be embarrassed. I said, go ahead and check on your phone your screen time, how much screen time you put, you put in, and you will be shocked. One lady told me, she came back the next service, she said, Pastor Tony, I am totally embarrassed. She said, I log in 25 hours. Because she said, I watch a bunch of movies online, and I just watch a bunch of... You know, it, it used to be, before we started all this, it used to be that the average American watches seven to eight hours of TV a day. Now it's just been transferred. We're still watching. It, it, it's not that much TV because we're too busy watching this. And next thing you know, you can look up and, you know, you hit a couple of likes, a couple of loves, and a couple of posts here and there. And then next thing you know, you look up and a couple of hours gone by. And you hit the rewind button and you used to spend a lot of that time doing spiritual things. And now we're doing it just fooling around on our phones. Sure. I, I, I tell you, there was a time pre-COVID. There was a time that, at the time, we were doing four Sunday morning services. And, and I was speaking around the country, and so I was on airplanes going coast to coast and south to the north and all kind of all around. And then all of a sudden, I come back, and I'm like, oh. And then I had to go into four services and staff meetings and board meetings. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. So we have uh, seven grandkids. One that doesn't live with us, uh, he, he live, doesn't live around us, should I say. He's with my oldest son in Indiana, and all the rest of them got one grandson, six granddaughters. <laughs> oh, the giddy laughing and screaming and screeching and dress up. We got to play dress up, and then they put on the heels and clack, 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 so we have, we have Sunday dinner after service. So after, on Sundays, all the kids and grandkids come on and, you know, come over. And my son, my youngest son, he's just like me. He's loud. He's loud. He's just talking loud, talking loud, drawing the crowd. And just, he just, and the kids screaming, screaming. And so I would just disappear in the world of my phone. And I'd just be doing this with, with this finger. And I'd be doing this. And then next, you know, I see something, and, you know, they all talking. And so I say, hey, did y'all see this right here? And they're looking at me like, what, what, what are you talking about? This, this, this right here, this, this, this is what I'm on when y'all doing that. And I had, to, I had to check myself because in the midst of all that, I felt myself drifting. Drifting because my phone, watch this, it became my escape. And I would escape from the reality of the four services, staff meeting, board meetings, traveling around the country. Okay, where am I going now? And got to go coast to coast and then time change and jet lag. And, and it became my escape. And I slowly found myself 
drifting from my family, drifting from everyone, and I just wanted to be by myself to rejuvenate, to recharge. And I said, you know what? When the little thing came up and told me my screen time, I said, oh, the devil is a liar. I'm not doing this. This is not what I'm doing. I'm bringing that up because I'm letting you know I'm one of you. That your drifting was my drifting as well. We all are subject to it. And so I had to, I had to really get myself together. So first sign of drifting, no longer progressing as a Christian. Number two, old ways are reintroduced back in your life. Number three, a loss, a desire, a reverence for the word of God. Number four, no deep concern for the lost or those far from God. This is a big one. No desire for the lost. I mentioned this a little bit yesterday. Forty years ago when I got saved, (sighs) all we did, we wanted to reach lost people. We just wanted to we just wanted to reach the laws. We and I was telling my wife as we were, you know, walking down on the oceanside pier. I said, you, you remember 40 years ago when we used to come here and share the gospel and and we used to hand out tracts, you know, and, and you know tracks weren't all that good back then, you know, they had you know some chick publication. Chick chick publication was just, you know, turn or burn, that's all they had. And uh and we hand them out, and then one church would be on this corner, another on that corner. We were down by the pier. Is one brother, I forgot his name. One brother used to have a big giant cross. He used to walk back and forth. People are looking at him like this. It opened up the door for us to share. It was just a great time. Now, now, now fast forward 40 years, and, and I look at what we are all about. We as in Big C Church. Big C Church. We're about politics, who's in the White House, political parties, who doesn't agree with us politically, and we look down on them. That's what we're about today. It used to be about the laws. It used to be about getting souls saved. And now it's like we kind of look down on the laws. And we get angry. (laughs) I remember mentioning this on the radio. We get angry when the world is not acting Christian. And we get angry at them. And look at the laws they're passing and the laws and the decrees and them over there and those people. It's the world. They're not supposed to act like Christians. And, and I, I remember one caller called up, and she was just spitting nails. She was mad at Disney. Oh, we should be protesting Disney. And I, I just let her go on, and I just said, since when Disney claimed to be a Christian company? I said, Christian, Disney never claimed to be a Christian company. I said, now, 
when we were younger, those my age, you know, when we were young, they had some wholesome things. But they never claimed to be Christian. I said, why are you angry with them? Oh, it's your prerogative. You want to cancel them as far as you're letting it, letting it be piped in your home? That's your prerogative. I said, but why are you angry with them? They never claimed to be Christian. They, they're of the world. The world is being the world. Can the church be the church? Can we be the church? We're called to go into the world, and like Zechariah 3.2 says, as a brand plucked from the fire, we're to go and pluck them from the fire. Jude 24 and 25 says, on some have compassion, making a distinction, save others with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. We're called to go in there and reach them. We are one beggar telling another beggar where we found bread. And that's our job as the church. And some way, somehow, we've lost our way. Our focus has been turned political. And no longer is, does it have the heart of Jesus that Luke 19.10, Jesus said, I came to seek and to save the lost. But when we pig out on the junk food of the world, we lose our appetite. We drift away from Jesus. Jesus' heart is to seek and to save the lost, but when we drift, we drift far away from him. And no longer does our heart match his heart. And this is where I find us today. And this is why I just, I just want to come and just say, we need to get back. We've drifted. Big C Church. We, we've drifted. Yes, you guys are well taught here. So and I, I'm talking about other folks, <laughs> uh, other Christians. We, we've drifted, and we got to get back to those things. Look at verses 2 through 4. It says, For if the word spoken through angels prove steadfast in every transgression and disobedience receive a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Now, I got to pick it up because at last first service I lost track of time. Now I've been instructed on how much time I have, and I'm almost out. So I got I to gotta step it up another gear. So notice, in verses 2 through 4, he's warning them that those who neglected Moses' law received a just punishment. He says, how much greater punishment will be received by those who neglected salvation brought about through Jesus Christ? See, it was believed that the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, were given to Moses through angels. And Paul hints at it in Galatians 3.19. So if this is the case, those receiving punishment for neglecting the law of Moses, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? In other words, how shall we escape punishment if we neglect so great a salvation? The point is we won't escape. I love the description of salvation being so great a salvation. The adverb so, I mentioned this yesterday, means to such a great extent. 
It is used in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Meaning God didn't just love the world, but he so loved the world. Meaning the word love falls short in how he feels about the world. So the adverb so gives the word love some punch to it. He so loved the world. And the Lord always, every now and then, has to remind me, when I see myself being frustrated, angry, upset with the world and what they're doing, the laws they're passing and all this stuff, the Lord taps me on the shoulder and said, don't forget, Tony, that I so love the world. The world that you're looking down on, the world that you're angry with, the world that you can't stand, the world that you're sick of, I so love the world that I gave my only begotten son for that world. And I just say, yes, sir, I got it. I got it. And he has to remind me of his heart for this world. We, we've, we've lost our way. We look down on the world. We're angry with the world. We're ticked off at the world. We hate what the world is doing. And the Lord has to tap us on the shoulders and say, guess what? I love the world. I'm not angry with them. I'm not upset with them. I'm not ticked off at them. I love them. And the Lord puts me right back where I need to be. When we stay away, when we drift and we drift away from the heart of God, that's when we begin to look at the world with disdain. That's when we begin to be angry with them and frustrated with them. And I don't know why we're frustrated with the world because they're not acting like Christians. I don't know why we're doing that. Why do we do that? I don't, I don't understand that. And we angry, vein popping out here in our neck, and we just, you know, and, and we just, I, Why? Because they're not acting Christian, they're not Christians. It's, I mentioned this yesterday. There's only one thing we can't do in heaven. We, people say, we're here to worship God. Well, okay, we're going to worship God forever in heaven. Well, we're here to get taught the word of God. Okay, we're going to sit at the feet of Jesus. And no greater Bible study than that. There's only one thing we can't do in heaven, and that's to reach lost souls. All we have is now. The only reason we're still left on this earth is to reach lost souls. That is the only reason. The only reason. And we have to get back recalibrated. Or as we should say in the Marine Corps, get back covered and aligned. We got to get back covered and aligned. Because we, 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 we're off alignment. You remember in boot camp, you know, we had to be covered in the line, and, 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 and the drill instructor would go, you know, mm, 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 and he'll look, and, and if he see you looking at him, you're out of line. Get back in line. We're out of line. We need to get back in line. Get back covered and aligned. Uh-oh, I got a few more minutes. Okay. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Okay. 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 So uh, he says, how should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I want to draw your attention to the word neglect. 
Amaleo is the Greek word. It means to be careless of. It comes from ah, means not, and mellow, which means have concern. So putting it all together, it means to not have concern for or viewing something as being without significance. Pay no attention. How can we do our so great a salvation like this where we're willing to neglect it, have pay no attention to it? Easy. Many of us have allowed church hurt, the pandemic, broken relationships, drifting, old habits, and the list goes on and on. I believe that the unfortunate circumstances in our lives have caused us to neglect our salvation or viewing it as something without significance. And this is why we have paid our so great a salvation no attention, which is what Amaleo means. So if you're here, as I begin to wrap it up, and the new stuff that I said I was going to get to second service, if if you stay, I I can't get to it. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. So if if I'm gracious enough to come back, maybe I get to that. But, But for right now, if you're here and you said, Pastor Tony, I have drifted or I am drifting, what can I do? Jesus told us the remedy in Revelation 2.5. He says, remember, therefore, where you have fallen, repent and do your first works. In this verse, we have three R's for you note takers. Remember, repent, and return. Number one, remember how it used to be when you were on fire for God. Number two, repent. The Greek word is metanoia. I love this word because many people don't realize that Greek word was a military word. It means to walk in one direction, do an about face, and walk in the other direction. Repent means to have a change of mind and a change of heart. In other words, change the way you think and feel about your drifting condition. Number three, return. Return to doing those things you were doing when you were on fire for God. Start back waking up to read. Start back praying on your lunchtime. Start back talking to people about Jesus. Start back to doing those things. And as I close with this, boy, I couldn't get to that other point. I'm sorry for those who stayed extra. Couldn't get to it. Good grief. Let me conclude with this. In this message, you're drifting. Be honest with your evaluation of yourself and ask, am I drifting? Am I making progress as a Christian, as a husband, as a wife? Am I making progress? Have I lost my spiritual passion? Have I allowed old ways to come back into my life? Do I have an appetite for the Bible or spiritual things? When you heard about Nehemiah being taught on Wednesday or the men's study on Saturday, how did you feel? Were you like, like me? I was like, oh, Nehemiah, that's one of my favorite books. Huh? Well, I, I know that's going to be good. Or were you like, um, um, yeah. see, once you are honest with your evaluation of yourself, then cry out to God, remembering, repenting, and returning. Or you can leave here and go back to what you were doing, drifting past the safety of the harbor, and just know that you're going to crash into the rocks and suffer shipwreck. 
But let me say that Jesus loves you. He loves you. And he wants you safe in his arms. And this is why he brought you here to hear this message today. Because we all have drifted. I mentioned first service. I remember when things first kicked off with the pandemic. I went into a, I went into a depression. Because I, I said, God, you allowed a pandemic to kill your church. Because, see, I said, now people got a legitimate reason why not to come to church and stay home. I said, where before it was like, oh, I'm tired, I had a long week, uh, you know, my fingernail was hurting. Or, or, you know, I banged my toe and, you know, my toe, you know, I got a Band-Aid on and I can't wear my favorite sandals. And so, uh, and we just had these dumb reasons. And, and then some people are out a month. Well, this kid was sick, and then this kid was sick, and then that kid was sick, then I got sick. And you look up, they missed five weeks. I said, but God, now they got a legitimate reason why not to come to church. And I was depressed. We had just moved into our new sanctuary. I, like I said, we were at four Sunday morning services. And, and so I said, we can finally go back to two? I said, what is that? And then each week it was filling up, filling up, filling up. And, and, and then all of a sudden, I went to speak for uh, uh, Albuquerque at Pastor Skip's church. And then I flew to California to speak at Greg Laurie's Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. And then, uh, and then I, all of a sudden, I came home, and then I, it was around March 8th, and I hear something about a pandemic, something about a shutdown. I said, what is that? And things shut down. And I said, Lord, we just moved into a new sanctuary. What's happening? And I go from a brand new sanctuary to talking to an empty sanctuary, talking to a camera. I said, oh, no. I went, we talking about Marines here. I went into a depression. I sat in my house and my lazy boy, TV was on. I wasn't watching it. It was watching me. And I was just in the dumps. And I had to do what 1 Samuel 30, verse 5 and 6 says, what David said, he had to encourage himself in the Lord. And after a few months, I said, I got to get out of this. I got to get out of this. Because I felt myself drifting. I felt myself, watch this, I felt myself being angry with God. And some of you here, you're angry with God. And I, I started to drift. I was, I was mad. I said, God, why would you allow this? I said, this is garbage. I understand the purpose of everything now, hindsight, but I was upset. I was upset, and I had drifted in my, my closeness with the Lord. And so, as I close in prayer, the worship team is going to come back up, and there's going to be some leaders that's going to be available for prayer. If you know that you're drifted or you are drifting, if you would really be honest with yourself, you'll come and let them pray for you and pray with you about it. If you're here and you've never repented of your sins and accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, you know, no one can have an encounter with the living God and remain the same. No one. August 26, 1985, I was in Okinawa, Japan. 
a Marine sharing the gospel with me, asked me if I wanted to repent and accept Christ. I got on that hard barracks for about as hard as this floor right here. Got on my knees and accepted Christ. Never been the same since. If you've never done that, if you can't pinpoint when you accepted Christ, then you need to evaluate that. Because no one can have an encounter with the living God and remain the same and not know it. So I'm going to close in prayer. As I close in prayer, the worship team is going to come out. Those leaders are going to come and be available on, on my right and my left. And you need to come and do business with God. We, we, we didn't come to get our ears tickled. You're at a, you're at a great church that they, this pastor is teaching you the word of God. So you didn't come to get your ears tickled. Now that you've heard the word, now it's time to respond. Respond to the word. You cannot sit under the teaching of the word of God and remain the same. That, that word is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. You cannot remain the same. So now it's time to respond. Let's pray. Father, we do pray. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray, God, that you would move in this room now. You would draw us to you. Lord, we've drifted. Lord, we don't have the appetite for the things of God that we once did. Oh, God, draw us back to you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that you share these things with us because you love us. So, Lord, come. Draw us with your loving kindness and your tender mercies. Draw us to the foot of the cross. Draw us to your throne of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.